All right, Silver Dollar Scouts, excellent job pitching those tents. Have we deposited enough combustible resources into the repository? Yes, sir. Combustible what now? Combustible resources. He means firewood. Camp Operating Officer Bridget, what's next on the business agenda? Well, we panned for gold. No luck there. I found a shoelace. Dollar bill origami. Check. Fishing for dinner. Moderate success. I'm a vegetarian. Right. Good thing we have supplies to make s'mores. Uh, uh, you mean bazillionaire's bounty? Yes, sorry. Bazillionaire's bounty. Uh, let's see. Bear repellents out. Mm-hmm. Bull trap has been set. Bully. Looks like we're on schedule. Very good. I'm proud of the work you did today, Silver Dollar Scouts. Tomorrow's another big day, so get some shut-eye. But it's only, like, seven o'clock. Well, the early bird gets the worm. Ew. Why is that a saying? Come on, Jed. There are babies at the campsite next door that aren't even going to bed yet. Fine. What do you propose we do to pass the time? Let's tell stories. Let's learn about business. Mmm, looks like we're at an impasse. Well, better sleep on it. Off to bed. Aww. Maybe we can do both? Learn lessons through stories? Yes! Yes! Okay, but don't get mad if I fall asleep during story time. I stayed up really late last night researching how to fight off badgers. Welcome back to Million Bazillion, where we help dollars make more sense. I'm Jed. And I'm Bridget. On this show, we answer the questions you have about money. And that's especially true when we're camping. Right, Silver Dollar Scouts? Yeah! Yeah. Yes! And I think one of our campers has a question they want us to answer. Vishnu, how about you? Hi, my name is Vishnu, and I live in Columbus, Ohio. My question for you is, what is the stock market and how does it work? That's a good one, Vishnu. Fortunately, I've got the perfect story to answer it. Easy there, Jed. This is stuff that even some grown-ups don't fully understand. And these kids, I mean, look at them. If they sense for a second that you're about to get confusing or boring, they're going to be on their eyeball phones and game players before you can say, it was a dark and stormy night. Does anyone have an extra charger? We're losing them. Okay, I'll tell the first story. Have you heard the one about the badger that crept into a campsite ate everyone's snacks, slashed their shoelaces, and left fleas in their sleeping bags. I hear it happened at a campsite not too different from this one. And actually, hang on. I got to triple check that our badger alarm is set. He really doesn't know how to tell stories, does he? Don't worry, he'll get better at it. And I'll start us off when we come back. And now it's time for asking random kids not-so-random questions. Today's question is, what's something that's not worth much money but is valuable to you? My dog, my fishes. It would be my family and my stuffed animals. Water. It's important for you to drink. Something that isn't worth much but is valuable to me is my cat who was only $5. All my pets in my backyard. I have pigs. I have chickens. I just like them because they're like family. Books. Because they're fun and they can take you anywhere. 
That was Sydney in Washington, D.C., Bethany in North Carolina, Roman in Michigan, Noah in California, and Samuel and Avery in San Diego. This has been Asking Random Kids Not-So-Random Questions. Welcome back and pull up a log. We're on a little camping trip, and Vishnu wants to know, what is the stock market and how does it work? I've got the perfect campfire story to answer that question. Gather around, gather around, get pull up a log. This isn't going to be a scary one, right? Yeah, no badgers, right? Picture it. The Netherlands, 1602. There are no airplanes or cars, just horses and ships. Shoes do exist, but they're made of wood. A group of powerful Dutch people. They're called the Dutch even though their country is called the Netherlands. Go figure. Okay, these Dutch have a dream, and that dream is world domination. Whoa, did not see that coming. It's all thanks to cinnamon and pepper and a whole bunch of other spices. Because back then, in Europe, where all these Dutch people lived, it was hard to get spices. They were all grown in far-off places. You had to spend months on long, dangerous trips just to get a little bit of them. But they make food taste so good. I mean, I do love a little thing of cinnamon in my hot cocoa. Yes, you get it. But the Dutch back then, they were really good sailors. And that gave them this idea. They were like... What if we created a mega delivery company? Except they sounded like... What if we create a mega delivery company and all it does is send ships around the world and get stuff like spices and shiny metal and cool fabric and then we'll bring it all back to Europe and sell it. Brilliant. We'll be rich. If we pull this off, we could be the biggest company the world has ever seen. No one's ever even imagined a company this big before. But we're going to do it. We Dutch are going to be the first. And we're going to call it the Dutch East India Company. Ooh. Okay, but there's this sort of problem. Sending all these ships out around the world is really risky and dangerous. There are pirates and the weather can be really bad. And sure, the rewards, if this idea works, are going to be huge but it's also a really expensive idea. They're going to need a lot of money to build the ships and hire the sailors. So the Dutch East India Company comes up with this idea to get a whole bunch of money really fast. We're going to ask people to give us money, which we'll use to pay for all this stuff we want to do. And in exchange, we'll give them little pieces of our company. Yeah, we're going to tell them, hey, give us your money now. And then at the end of those 10 years, as a part owner... You can get your money back, plus a tidy profit. You know, if we make a profit. That doesn't sound like a good deal at all. I mean, sure, I might make a lot of money, but I might not get anything. Like, what if the ship sinks? Or, like, pirates? They could steal everything. Or what if the cinnamon gets moldy? Can that happen? I I think... Whatever. Plus, I'd have to wait ten years to get anything back at all? Like, what if I need it? Like... What if there's an emergency or something? You know, it's funny you say that because very quickly, like before they even started selling those pieces or shares of the company, they realized they had a problem. No one is going to want to give us their money if they can't get it back for 10 years. Like, what if they need it? What if there's an emergency or something? You're right. Okay. What if? Okay. What if we let people sell their shares to each other? 
you know, if they need money sooner. And boom. They came up with the idea for trading and selling shares, also known as stocks. A market for stocks. A stock market, if you will. But they needed a place to do it. We could do it in my living room. I just got the chairs reupholstered. Will there be apple flaps? No eating apple pastries on the new chairs. Ugh. And that living room was sort of like the first stock exchange. That's just the physical place where stocks are traded. His living room? I mean, there weren't a lot of people involved. But pretty soon, they realized, if you do need to sell your shares, it's probably better to let more people into the room. You know, like increase your odds of meeting someone who wants to buy your shares at a good price, get people fighting over them, that sort of thing. All these people are not going to fit into my living room. There's a really nice bridge I know of. So they start meeting in this public space in Amsterdam. Now trading is out in the open. More and more people want to buy shares. And other companies were like, wow, that works so well for the Dutch East India Company. We want to do that too. And then the town square got so crowded with people selling shares that the city of Amsterdam is all like, You guys, you're clogging up the bridge and the square. You need to find a different place to meet. Get like an actual building or something. So they do. They get a building. It's the first real stock exchange. But how are the chairs? Then other people around the world are like, Whoa, did you hear about what the Dutch are doing? I know, right? Awesome idea. And they start to set up their own exchanges where their local companies can list their shares. In the United States, our best-known stock exchanges are the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ. And they're both based in New York City. Actually, that is a city settled by the Dutch. Yeah, yeah. Coincidence, I'm sure. All right. I think it's time for a uh, bazillionaire's bounty break. And when we come back, we can talk about what makes the price of stocks go up and down and how people make and lose money from all that up and downing. And listeners, while you wait, consider checking out the Million Bazillion newsletter for bonus content from this episode. Sign up at marketplace.org slash bonus to get it delivered right to your email inbox. Okay, Silver Dollar Scouts, who wants to watch me create the largest bazillionaire's bounty, a.k.a. s'mores, of all time? Is that why you have that 22-pronged marshmallow toasting fork? While that monstrosity is happening, let's play a storytelling game. Okay, yeah! yeah. We'll do it round-robin style, and we're all going to collaborate on a story, and we'll take turns making up the next bit. Uh, What should it be about? How about the way stock prices change? That's right, because the prices of stocks don't stay the same like prices do at a grocery store. I mean, these things actually change many times a day. Perfect. Okay, I'll start. Um, all right, let's see. A story about why stock prices go up and down. Um, once there was a company that made really cool sneakers. It was a medium-sized company. Not the biggest shoemaker out there. Definitely not tiny. A lot of people really liked the company because its shoes were really comfy and they had cool colors. And if you wanted to buy a share of this company's stock, it would cost you about $20. Okay, your turn, Piper. One day, a 50-foot-tall badger ran out of the woods and destroyed one of the company's warehouses. Badgers. Okay. Uh, It looked like the damage could cost the company a ton of money. And many were worried the company wasn't going to have shoes to sell at all. 
So, a lot of people sold off their shares in the company. That drove down the price of the stock from $20 a share to 18 Go Vishnu. But then, a lot of customers felt bad for the company. So, they bought a lot of shoes to support it. Shoe sales went through the roof. My turn again? Okay. Um, the sales were so strong that it turned out to be one of the best seasons in its history. Plus, it turns out that the company was fully insured against giant badger attacks, so they got money from the insurance company to rebuild. More people than ever wanted to own a piece of the company. Now you could sell your shares for, you know, $25 each, and people would buy it. But then, a 60-foot-tall lizard, which the company wasn't insured against, destroyed all the company's delivery trucks. The stock price dropped down to $10 a share. You are quite the chaos, Agent Piper. Okay, uh, things looked really bad for the scrappy shoe company. But then one of the scientists working there figured out why so many humongous creatures kept showing up. It turns out, a new shoe they were developing accidentally gave whoever wore them psychic powers. And one of the kids' shoe testers kept calling monstrous animals for some reason. <laughs> and then... Everyone wanted psychic powers, so people started lining up to buy the shoes. And since the company was the only place where you could get them, everyone believed it was going to be hugely successful for a long time. And people were willing to pay like $1,000 a piece for its shares. And I think we're going to have to stop there because, Jed, your marshmallows are on fire. It's okay. I prefer it when they're burned. But uh, maybe get the fire extinguisher. Okay, Scouts, what have we learned? Stock prices go up and down based on how people feel about a company and how it's doing. Very good. Anything else? You should not be in charge of cooking. Excellent. Merit badges all around. Where's Bridget in that fire extinguisher? Heads up. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Avery. Hi, I'm Lee. We're from San Diego, California. Here's a knock-knock joke for you. Ready? Knock, knock. Who's there? Cash. Cash you. No thanks. I'm over peanuts. Bye. All right, gang. We have finished up the bazillionaire's bounty, which is a little surprising. We brought a lot of ingredients. What's wrong with Camp Emperor Jed? He ate that entire, you know, supersized s'more he made. (laughs) So many marshmallows. Ooh, he looks like he's gonna bazillionaire blow chunks. All right, give him some space. Just give him some space. Back up. Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. In fact, I did this on purpose to teach you scouts a very important lesson, and that is never underestimate something that's a lot bigger than you are. Yeah, or don't put three bars of chocolate in your mouth at one time. And to further illustrate my point, I have a story. It involves the stock market. Be warned, it's a little frightening. Yes! All right! I love frightening. It's called Aurelia and the Bear. Aurelia was a young woman who was always looking for clever ways to invest. I've got to be smart. One day, Aurelia was researching some companies whose stock she was thinking of buying. That's when her big, gigantic brain noticed something. Wait a minute. There's a pattern here. Let me check the records. 
Lots of people who invest in the stock market try to make money by buying shares when the prices are low and then selling them when the prices go higher. Like if you bought a share for $1 and then it went up to $2 and you sold it, you just doubled your money. However, it's really hard to predict what prices are going to do. Aha! But Aurelia, she saw a pattern in the way stock prices went up and down. It was a pattern no one else saw. And she could use that to buy and sell stocks and make a whole lot of money. I mean, if I'm right, I'm going to make bank. So Aurelia started buying shares. And just like she predicted with her method, the prices of the shares he bought soon went up. I'm a genius. I'm going to buy a lot more shares. It is looking like a bull market. A bull? What does that mean? Well, in the animal kingdom, a bull is a male cow. But when you're talking about the stock market, a bull market is the nickname stock traders use when more people are buying stocks, and that pushes prices up overall. Aurelia put more and more of her money into her favorite stocks because she thought the stock prices were just going to keep going up and up. Flying cars? Sure, I'm bullish on that. Electric sandwiches? Pass. Ooh, but flying electric cars delivering sandwiches? Major super bullish. Aurelia was making money fast, and she was convinced she'd figured this whole stock thing out. But that was her mistake. The stock market is big and complex with lots of moving parts. She had focused on a few companies' stocks and jumped to a conclusion. And while she did see a pattern, it was only part of the bigger picture. It's like she saw thick black hair, two white horns, and thought, it's a bull. Bye, bye, bye. But you know those illusions when you're looking at something really close and it looks like one thing, but then when you step back, it's something entirely different? If she'd been able to step back and see the bigger picture, she would have realized that the black hair and white horns weren't on a bull. She was in fact looking at the fur and teeth of a massive bear. In the stock market, a bear market is the opposite of a bull market. In a bear market, traders think prices are going down and are going to stay down. So lots of people try to sell and sell and prices overall drop. And markets can turn from bulls to bears pretty quickly, meaning people can lose lots of money real quick. What's going on? Why are my stock prices falling? My money! And this was no baby bear market. Not even a cranky mama bear protecting her cub. No, this was a porridge too hot, bed too hard, angry papa bear market. And it was bent on ripping into her stocks like they were a picnic basket full of cake. Prices of stocks everywhere went down, including Aurelius. And in the aftermath, she realized she'd lost everything. What happened to her? She had to start over. And the next time she invested her money, she did it a little more wisely and a lot more carefully. The end. Why did they choose bull and bear to represent the stock market? I don't know. Maybe they just liked animals that start with the letter B. They should have picked barracuda. That's cooler. Or blue whale. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what other bee animals are out there? Badger? Badger? Where? Ah, it's a badger! Run for your lives! It's gonna get me! It's a badger! Well, he's sleeping in a tree tonight. Before we pack up this campsite, here are some final thoughts about what we learned today. Sure, the stock market can seem confusing, and sometimes it is. 
There are lots of words that are difficult to understand or jargon. It's not always clear why the stock market acts the way it does. And in fact, only about half of Americans even own shares. But, you know, it's worth understanding how and why the stock market works. It's a way that some people can grow their money, but you can also lose money. So it's not without risk. Keep on asking those questions about the stock market or anything else. We'll be waiting for them. Thanks for listening to Million Bazillion, where we help dollars make more sense. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode. If you've got an idea for an episode, whether it's a question you want answered or a money skill you want to learn, send it to us at marketplace.org million. And if you want new episodes of Million Bazillion sent to your email inbox each week, along with bonus content like a tip sheet, a quiz, and cool comics, sign up at marketplace.org bonus. Special thanks to Professor Ashley Eldemir Poindexter at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, for helping us understand the answer to this question. To our colleagues at Marketplace who offered ideas and insights along the way. And thanks to Kimberly Adams, Marissa Cabrera, Mark Hay Green, Megan McCarty Carino, Daisy Palacios, Jeff Peters, Grace Rubin, Liana Squalachi, Vishnu, and Piper for lending us their voices for this episode. Million Bazillion is brought to you by Marketplace in collaboration with Brains On and American Public Media. I'm your host, Jed Kim. The senior producer is my co-host, Bridget Bodner. Marissa Cabrera is our producer. Sandin Totten is our editor. Chris Julin is our sound designer. Our theme music was created by Wonderly. This episode was mixed by Becca Weinman. And our digital team includes Erica Phillips and Tony Wagner. Satara Nieves is the executive director of On Demand at Marketplace. And special thanks to the people who provided the startup funding for Million Bazillion and who continue to help keep us going. The Ranzetta Family Charitable Fund and NextGen Personal Finance, supporting Marketplace's work to make younger audiences smarter about the economy. To all the grown-ups listening right now, we hope that you and the kids in your life are having some good conversations about money, thanks to Million Bazillion. We created this podcast to help kids get an early start on learning about the economy. And to keep it going, we're counting on your support. Donate today at marketplace.org slash give million. And thanks for chipping in to make our work possible. 